Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. So Phyllis and I are on a little bit of a break from recording right now as we plan our 2021 goals. But my brother was here from Tennessee and we got Um, We broke all the rules. We totally broke all the (laughs) rules. Um, We started having a conversation and I was like, we need to record this. We need to actually have an honest conversation about this. So uh, welcome to my brother. Hi. Hi, Jeff. Hi, sis. This is my my little brother. He's much larger than me, though. So <laughs> he's not so it's little. It's true. I'm um, taller and wider. Exactly. <laughs> true. Um, but I just wanted to kind of have, we started having a conversation about, you know, growing up in church and mm-hmm. how, like, we always felt like you really can't be transparent because you don't want anybody to know what the real you or is about. And so... Well, it, it's that thing where... We would be in the car on the way to church and not like anything violent, but like mom and dad would be in an argument or Ron and I would be bickering. Hitting each other. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) But the moment we pulled into the church parking lot, we sat up straight. We smiled. We were all glossy and pretty because that was just sort of the nature of what we knew we had to do. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what that creates is... I think passiveness. Yeah. I mean, I'm no psychologist or anything, but like, I think people become passive aggressive in those ways because you hold on to that. You resent whatever was happening in the car. Mm -hmm. You get out of the car, you do church, everything's fine and dandy. And then when you get back in the car in your private place, there's going to be some resentment Mm -hmm. that's left over. And if you don't deal with that, um, it's not good. I've tried in my marriage, and mind you, I'm probably very difficult to live with. I know you're going to interview my wife at some point. She can tell you all about it. But, like, I'm very big about, like, we're not getting out of the car or we're not walking away until we deal with what we're talking about. Like, that's really big for me because I don't want to storm out of a room or be angry. I want to make sure that we can actually deal with it. And and sometimes it's not resolved and we need to to take a break. Yeah, you'll need to table it. That's a little bit of a tangent. But that, yeah. So then we started talking about... He works, Jeffrey works for uh, Dave Ramsey and we were talking about how you have to kind of share your failure in order to grow. And so like, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, if you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, look him up, especially if you're struggling in your finances, there's some really good tools that Dave has been doing for 30 plus years that have helped millions of people get out of debt. And so, uh, about gosh, 12, 13, or maybe longer than that maybe 13, 14 years ago, um, right around the housing crisis, 2007, um, my wife and I had been married about six or seven years and never had talked about our finances, of course. Uh, of course. I mean, that's just, we just hadn't. And well, I think um, a lot of people don't. A lot so. of people don't. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of not be controlled. I liked to manage my own money and I didn't want someone telling me what to do with my money, but I also wasn't good with money. And uh, at some point, the fit hit the shan, if I may, and um, it was revealed that we were in a, a really bad financial mess, like to the point where I remember I called Rhonda. Mm. I remember this too. 
And she said to me, are you gambling? <laughs> she was like so concerned. Because he was asking me for money all the time. Like, and I was like, uh, I know, because I was, I was so doing? desperate and I didn't want to have to talk to my wife about it because then her family would have to get involved. So I'm telling you all this stuff. I mean, it was ugly. I didn't pay the mortgage for six months. Okay, it wasn't like, like I lied to my wife. We call that um, uh, financial infidelity uh, mm. at Ramsey Solutions. That's what we call it. Mm. And because it, it is, I was lying to my wife about her finances. We weren't on the same page. So she comes home, our home's going to auction. She had no clue. Um, and right around that time, and I had heard Dave Ramsey's name before, and it was like a curse word. Um, but, but at that point I had no chips. And so we, we took a financial peace class and I sat in the back with my arms crossed. I was so not wanting to be there because I didn't need someone else, one other person to tell me how to manage my money. Or that you failed. Or that I failed because I already Mm -hmm. felt like a failure. Yeah. And so if you've ever taken financial peace, you know this, but Dave starts with his story and his story starts with him becoming a millionaire before he was 30. I think it's like 25 or 27. He became a millionaire um, on real estate. And, but then one day uh, the bank that he had all of his loans through was sold to another bank. And they looked at this 28 year old kid and they were like, this guy owes us a lot of money. Let's call all his notes. And so they literally called all his notes and he went bankrupt in over two years. He lost everything he had. Mm-hmm. Um, he said they knew the, um, the, the sheriff who would deliver the warrants for oh, like gosh. repossession. So well, that, uh. you know, his wife would say, come in, have a cookie, you know, type thing. <laughs> yeah. So, but Dave tells his story and, and he gets to a point in his story where he talks about standing in the shower with the water so hot, you could barely handle it and just crying. And I, ca- I, I will never forget I get emotional every time I tell this story, and I've told it like 3,000 times. you guys know where I get my emotions from. <laughs> but I, I, I will never forget, I was sitting in the back of that little Sunday school room at church, and I thought, oh my gosh, I've stood in the shower with the water so hot, just praying that God would help me figure this all out. And that was the moment that I realized, like, if you are open and honest with who you are and your mm. brokenness, because Dave tells his story. And then he goes on to scold you for the next nine lessons or however many lessons there are now saying like, Hey, uh, you need to get your money in order and you need to save and you need to stop using credit cards to the extent that you're in debt and you need to have a rainy day fund. But he, he gets you by being vulnerable, right? Like, and, and that's what I think we all can learn from. Mm-hmm. Like if you just tell people your story, I'm a salesperson. I work in, I, part of my job is sales, part of my job is event management type stuff. And, but the sales part of me, one of the things my, uh, my coworkers and my colleagues, uh, some of the leaders I've worked with in the past say, Jeff is the king of rapport. And what that means is that I will go up to someone and I'll talk to them and, and, and I'll ask them, I just want to know who you are. Right. And, and I, it, the joke is uh, seven degrees to Jeff Martinez, like Kevin Bacon type thing, so because <laughs> I always... I try to dig in. I'm, I'm like, okay, where, where are you from? Oh, you're from Colorado. Where in Colorado? Loveland. Oh, that's so funny. All my family lives in Greeley. My mom was born in Kersey. Oh, my aunt lives in Kersey. Right. Oh my God. And then all of a sudden you start to unpack and you discover uh, their second cousin twice removed goes to the church that my grandpa used to run. Like some random thing like that. Right. Now it's not a deep connection. It's not like we're fat, like the best of friends, but there is some sort, there's a, there's a vein that you've created between the two of you or a, a pipe that like now you have this weird connection and they trust you just a little bit more, yeah. but that's all vulnerability. Yeah. That's all just being open and honest at like, Oh, I've struggled with that. Oh, I've, yeah. Yeah. And I think that in the church vulnerability, isn't something that is, um, easily accepted. No. I think a lot of times they just, you want to brush it over with an I'm fine, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's coming, it's becoming more 
Like yes, it's. Yeah. I think you know. I was we were. I was talking. We had a the last podcast we did. Phyllis and I were talking about the top five things that we learned from 2020, mm-hmm. and part of it is just that there's a shift in the church. There's a shift because people are tired. We're tired of the hey, look at how perfect my life is. I don't have any problems. I never get depressed. I'm never sad. I I'm always happy. My husband loves me all the time. Never mm-hmm. yells or screams at me. You know, we never fight. Like all of these things that we've been been driven into our head that mm-hmm. it, this is how it's supposed to mm-hmm. be and it's not i mean relationships are difficult relationships are work mm-hmm. you know you don't get to walk through it friendship marriage whatever whatever kind of relationship you're in it's work and if one person isn't vulnerable it doesn't leave much room for any sort of real relationship right and uh we were also talking just about knowing each other as family like I, I made a comment. My, my mother, my sister, and my wife are sitting in the kitchen just a few minutes ago, right? And I go, if I walked in this room and I was depressed, which Jeffrey is rarely depressed. Rarely. Like, I think I've been dep- like, not clinically, but just, you know, really sad. He's he's very happy. All yeah, the all the time. time. Uh, and I always make jokes, even at the most inappropriate times, yes, which does. is my specialty. <laughs> and it pisses my sister off sometimes. <laughs> yes, anyway, uh, if I walked into the room with some sort of sadness or depression... Every single one of those women, because those are the three most important women in my life, my sister, my mother, and my wife, they would all know instantly. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they know that is because I'm an open book. Now, there were some things that I hid after the fu- the financial stuff. I, I tell everybody everything. Like, you, you want to know something about me? I'm going to tell you, which is very different than how we grew up. Yeah, no, and I think... And that, not that of, mom and dad did anything bad. It's just no, it's a different... No, it's just... Well, and I think when you're a... Pa- like, we're both pastor's kids, so, you know, obviously, like, there's just things that... And I, you know, I I give credit to pastors and people in ministry because it's a very difficult line. It's very hard to be vulnerable and open because you never know what's going to come back at you Mm -hmm. um, on the other side. So I'm not saying you have to be an open book to everybody. I always say that, like, you know, you, you yeah, you you need to be cautiously vulnerable, right? Like, you know, but I think there is a piece of vulnerability when you talk about the struggles that you've gone through. And, you know, I talk so much about Freedom Academy. People are probably tired of hearing about it, but I, when I went there, I was, I, I chose to say, I'm done. I'm done with the masks. Mm -hmm. I'm done with feeling like I'm not enough. And I think a lot of times, like when we aren't vulnerable, that's where, um, that's where the enemy creeps in and he starts to be like, Oh yeah, you're not you're not worthy of that. Mm-hmm. You're not oh, good enough absolutely. because you because you think well, gosh, I, I don't live, I can't live up to that. They're, those are unattainable things. Some mm-hmm. of the things that I think that we put out there in the Christian world are they're unattainable. I mean, the only way you're going to ever get to there is if you die and go to yeah. heaven. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and being honest with yourself about how you're really feeling. I mean, I think sometimes as Christians, especially, we will go like, well, I just need to trust and. God's got this and I'm just going to smile and push through. And I'm very quick to be like, this is hard. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not easy. And this is not God punishing you. We had this conversation just the other day. This is not God punishing you. This is, this is part of the story. I mean, I told my sister the other day when I, when I lived in LA before we moved to Nashville to work for Ramsey, um, I worked in the arts. I was in theater. I still do theater, but I was like full time, like doing theater. And I desired so strongly specifically to work for Disney. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, I loved everything about Disney. I mean, we went to Disneyland like twice a week. Yes. I mean, we were always at Disneyland. We love Disney. And I just, I, I am a creative and I just love that idea. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, God, please give me Disney. Please. Mm-hmm. Like I would apply for anytime I saw a job that was remotely close to my skill skill set. 
And I never even got a call. I, I, I had one time, you can cut this if you want. I had one time. <laughs> you can tell the story. <laughs> I was teaching a theater class at a, high, a private high school in Pasadena. And an executive, like the number two guy at Disney, his daughter, I cast her in a show. I had no idea. Like the <clears throat> the drama mama, the... The, 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 the drama mama, yeah, that's what you call the, it. Like, yeah, the, the, was, the mother, the, the... Yeah, that raised all the money. Yeah, yeah we call her the drama mama. She comes in and she's like, Jeff, you're the most brilliant director I've ever met. And I was like, what did I do? You cast such and such in the show and you know who her parents are? And I was like, I didn't know. She was good. Like she <laughs> did, I didn't look her up. Turns out this guy's like number two at Disney years ago. And I get on an email chain with him and he's like, I'd love to talk. Like, let's see if there's some opportunity. And two weeks later he resigns. I vague, of <laughs> so like nothing, nothing, uh, it never came to fruition with Disney. And I was saying to Rhonda, like, imagine if I had gotten a job at Disney. When I, when I do my work, I throw myself into my work. I do marry my, I mean, this is a family attribute. We marry ourselves to our work. We mm-hmm. commit to it. One thing about Ramsey Solutions that's really great is that one of our core values is family. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, when you're here, work, but you need to go home. Yeah, balance is Yeah, and important. I mean, there's stories of Dave walking the halls back in the day going, you, you, it's, it's late, time to go, go home, home right? <laughs> and there's seasons where we work longer, but I, I knew I would have been married to my work. I don't know where my marriage would be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the times I've had with my children, because my kids, because I've always been like just very close to home, always working kind of in a church environment, it's allowed me to be consistently in a place where I have, um, accountability. Mm. Can we just touch on accountability really quick? I was, when we were talking earlier this week, so when my brother comes in town, you guys have to understand like him and I have these like amazing conversations. I just love them. That's why we ended up getting on the mic today because I'm like, hold up. My podcast crew needs to hear about this. Um, but accountability is so important. I think the second you start to lose accountability, Mm -hmm. that is where problems begin. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not saying like, even accountability, I mean, it's accountability for moral stuff, but I'm talking about accountability for anything, oh, yeah. like in your work, in your personal life, and, mm-hmm. you know, your relationship with your children and your relationship with your husband. Like, you have to have some sort of person that's going to call you out and say, hey, this isn't looking right. Or a community that yeah. can do that. Because mm-hmm. we, I, I know my demons, right? I know the things I've struggled with as a younger man. And thank God, as, a, as I've gotten older, because I've stayed in the word and really stayed, kept my prayer life. And I have this great cloud of witnesses, if I may, that's around me all the time that is keeping me accountable to my marriage, to my kids, to my moral fabric, all that fun stuff. It's so important. I'm so glad I never got a job at Disney. Yeah. Because... I would have, if I could tell you the difference between my lifestyle in LA and my lifestyle in Tennessee, you've seen it. Mm -hmm. Like we lived in a matchbox in not the nicest part of town. And we were talking to the kids about it just the other day because we went out to the old neighborhood when we were down in LA a few weeks ago or last week. And I was like, guys, here's the old house. And they have all this nostalgia. And we drove past it and they were like, oh, (laughs) we forgot it was. And I'm like, we forgot how ugly it was. (laughs) Yeah, because now we live in this beautiful home in a cul-de-sac. We have a porch. I have rocking chairs. I'm like an old Southerner Mexican. Yeah, they call Mex- him Martinez, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave made that joke the other day on the radio because somebody called and said my name. Uh-huh. And he's like, we call him Martinez, you know, because he's from California yeah. and we had to hillbilly him. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Dave, it sounds good. Anyway, so I'm so thankful for those, quote unquote, as yeah. Garth Brooks put it so well, unanswered prayers. Yeah. Um, and that's part of vulnerability. Tell people those stories. Be yeah. honest with yourself and with others because mm-hmm. that transparency will open... I just feel like it opens doors yeah. and it allows people to, right, just kind of go, okay, I'm not alone. Well, and it's part of just surrendering yeah. 
your pride, I guess, maybe. Mm. I think I think the other day you told me the story of you being in, you were again in the shower. God speaks in the shower. Oh, amen. Okay. Um, So you just were saying, you know, it was total surrender. It was surrendering your finances. It was surrendering your marriage. It was surrendering all of it Mm -hmm. until, and then as soon as you surrendered, the door, I mean, it wasn't immediate, but the doors began to open. Yeah, I know. So it was right around the time that it was about four months before the Ramsey Solutions opportunities even came up. And I, Mm -hmm. I mean... I knew of Dave. We were big followers at that point. We were on the Baby Steps, which is a program that he puts people in. And um, I just was like, I needed something new. I just didn't see the next turn. And I knew that there, my, the season I was in was coming to a close. It just felt like it was. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to a, a, a theology professor that went to our church. And he challenged me on my prayer life. And one of the things he said, you need to surrender. He said I was using contentment as a crutch. I'd never heard anybody say that before. Contentment as a crutch. Mm, And it's so true. Like I was really going, Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'll just stay in the little condo here in the bad part of town and just stay with the jobs that pay okay and have no margin. And that's fine. But what God, God says for us to do is to ask what you, what your heart desires. doesn't mean you're going to get it. As I just said, Mm -hmm. I wanted to work at Disney. I thought that was my heart desire. God's going to guide you down those paths. He told me I need to pray with full surrender. And I told my sister, I was 37 years old. You know, if I, you probably heard this story, but my mother went into labor as my dad was preaching. Mm-hmm. So literally, I was almost born on the freaking church floor. <laughs> so I've been a Christian since, you know, I was a fetus. I've always, like, I've always been a Christian. And, and I haven't ever lost my faith. I've had bouts of, you know, doubt? confusion yeah. and doubt, of course. I'm 42. Um, but like, th- I had never actually really prayed, prayer, prayed this surrendering prayer. Where there was like, um, where you, you you can say it out loud, but then you really have to actually believe it. Mm-hmm. And I cried so hard. And and over the next four to five months, all the things that were very stable and content started to crumble, like the job, Clara's job, uh, friendships. Where people mm-hmm. were getting frustrated, and nothing extremely fatal, mm-hmm. but enough that you were like, "What is going on?" We started praying for this surrender. And, and, shift and all of a sudden, some, but what you don't see is in the background, this Nashville thing is coming into picture mm-hmm. and we can't see it because it's still, it's still dawn, right? Mm-hmm. The sun hasn't come up. You can see kind of when dawn's starting, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, it's not as dark as it was an hour ago, right. but you still can't see the sun. Right. And then all of a sudden the sun comes up and you're like, oh, oh my, my gosh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. this is crazy. And so I think that surrender prayer, which is, it goes right back to vulnerability. It goes right back to drop. Pride is, in my mind, pride is the greatest sin. Yeah. Like I think all sin, if you, anywhere you go in the Bible, it's all about pride. Mm-hmm. It starts with pride. Yeah. Moses, mm-hmm. yeah. Eve, Adam. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but like even Moses, like, yeah, he did the thing, but like he didn't get to go into the promised yeah. land yeah. because of pride. Yes. Okay. He did something, but it was pride. Right. So like, I think pride takes away vulnerability and honesty and surrender and mm-hmm. all the things. If you can't let go of pride, mm-hmm. which very hard, it's, it's the sin nature in yeah. us, then you're going to, you're going to always struggle to, to break through that. And then you'll be alone. We were reading about this just a minute mm-hmm. ago. Uh, you'll be alone. You'll be isolated. Um, you, you won't feel like anybody is in your court. Right. I have the opposite problem because of my, like, I think everybody's in my court. So I told you that story. Yeah. And he's a seven on the Enneagram. Yeah, so. I'm a seven six wing. So I'm yeah. like super happy, no empathy, but I'm scared. Everything's going to crash down and fall on me. It's the weirdest person. Yeah. And I, and my, yeah, it's, I'm just crazy. But like when, when somebody doesn't, uh, 
like me, <laughs> this sounds prideful, but like, not like, not like <laughs> me, but like when somebody doesn't like, like uh, understand, like I'm a nice guy and like, they kind of shun me. I'm like, what? Like, not because I'm like the greatest person or greatest friend. No, but he's just got like, he's got that. Uh, so of course he's going to have a picture with me on you know, our Instagram. So you'll get to see what he looks like, but it's so funny. He's like a big teddy bear. Like you just want to hang out with him. Like yeah. you just want to talk to him and he's going to ask you interesting questions and he might ask you a really off question, and but I'll you're, tell still you gonna, a story. you're still going to answer it. Like, yeah. It's really weird. And I'll tell stories about my life that you'll be like, Oh wow. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's who I am. Yeah. You know? And again, I said this earlier, like be cautious, like not cautious, like don't put up a wall, but the moment you start to let people see who you are, mm-hmm. they're going to let you see who they are. And it's just a beautiful rhythm once you get into that. I mean, you know, that's why I think, you know, 24 Karat has been such a special thing because it was when this was birthed, it was birthed out of Phyllis and I going, we want to have these honest conversations about things that nobody really wants to talk about or you want to talk about them, but you don't know who to talk to them about. And so I think transparency is the key to just seeing your life grow Mm -hmm. and seeing your life just flourish, like in every aspect, you know, in every relationship. And so, I don't know. I just wanted to have you on so we could chat and talk. And we can do it again. We'll definitely do it I know you need to talk to Clara. Yes. I'm going to hear Clara's story. Clara's side of the story is is a whole different one because I'll say this. uh, When when Clara found out that, that, that I had been managing our money very poorly and that I hadn't paid I like that you said financially unfaithful. Yeah. Infidelity. Yeah. Financial infidelity. Financial infidelity. Yeah. Uh, I thought, and my biggest fear was that she was just going to take the kids and the kids were small. I mean, Ella was in a high chair and Anthony was a little toddler. And I still remember I was so scared. I pushed myself into the corner of our dining room and I told her, Claire, it's all true. Cause I tried to lie for like three minutes because <laughs> I was like oh no but you're I'm really sure bad it's liar, just so. a mistake yeah it's just a mistake you know it's just be, a six month mistake a financial a different Martinez there's lots of us <laughs> anyway uh, I backed myself into this corner literally of our dining room and Clara came over to me and grabbed my hands and said I love you and we're gonna figure this out and I was like yeah okay lock we're not I'm this is it okay so let's go back to that really yeah. quickly because so pride yeah. Like your pride held you back from yeah. being honest with your wife mm-hmm. only for your wife to, to show the love of Jesus. And that Gosh. is like, that's going to make me cry. I didn't, yeah. I've never heard that part of the story mm-hmm. and I can't wait to interview Clara. Cause I think hearing her side will be awesome too. Um, but just the fact that she was like, no matter what, no matter the cost, yeah. I'm with you on this. Yeah. Like now that you're able to be honest yeah. and you've broken down that pride, yeah. that's when true freedom and healing and can start. She's so intuitive that she could see through anything and she saw the truth of that mm-hmm. moment. Like she knew I was broken, Yeah, you know, and I hadn't cheated on her. I hadn't done, I hadn't done anything severe to our marriage except mm-hmm. that finance, which is a lie. I just lied. Yeah. And that is severe, but it, and I thought it was going to be fatal. I love that idea of fatal things. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, we talk about, uh, is this fatal? And, and we talk about this a lot, especially in, in my company. I'm, I'm on the leadership. I'm in the leadership team at Ramsey. So there's about 200 leaders total in the, in the company out of about 1,000 people. And we talk a lot about, is this a failure? You know, like, mm-hmm. it, um, not failure. What did I just say? Fatal. fatal. Mm-hmm. Is this a fatal failure? And mm-hmm. most of the time, it's not. Yeah. Most and of the I, time, there's a solution to right. whatever... There's a problem too. And pride holds mm-hmm. us back mm-hmm. from talking about the non-fatal failures. Right. And it, and it gives us um, 
room to be avoidant yeah. because a lot of times, like if you're nervous about, so like, I'll just share a little bit about like a few, this is probably about eight years ago and we had gotten a huge back tax bill oh, no. and they were going to audit us. And I remember being so freaked out and thinking, I'm just going to avoid it. It'll go away. It'll go away. Well, yeah. it doesn't go away. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I remember calling the IRS and being so nervous, like, oh my God, like we owe all this money and what am I going to do? And, and they were like, oh, well, we can just set up a payment plan yeah. <laughs> and like, let's try and figure it. Like it was, it, here I was like, Avoiding it for two months until, you know, you get the sticker on the door that says you have a certified letter from the IRS. And if you don't respond, they're going to, you know, put a lien on your property. And I just remember thinking, why didn't I just call two months ago before all this happened? It's so true. Like the moment you can assess a a failure for fatal or non-fatal and fatal failures are so few and far between, Mm -hmm. you know, when you've made a mistake, you know, um, you, you know, when a, when a man cheats on his wife and then gets caught, that could be a fatal failure mm-hmm. in the sense that you're going to lose a lot. Mm-hmm. Most failures, though, they're actually quite simple. And mm-hmm. if you bu- bind together with the people that love you and you ask the right questions, you can fix them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shoot. I was going to tell you something and I forgot. You can edit this later, right? <laughs> no. This is live? This is alive. Live to the web? Live. Um... Yeah, well, I, can't remember the story. I have a question for you. Yeah. It's our standard question. And I want to know what you would tell your 22-year-old self. Shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime someone gets hired into Ramsey Solutions and I have the opportunity to talk to them early on, I always say, there's two things I, I want to teach you. And that's both about our company, but I think in life this applies too. Um, be a sponge. Like when you're young and you're just starting out, just be a sponge. Mm-hmm. Your first job, don't go in. Yeah, I was top of my class. I, you know, I led this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was the fraternity, blah, blah. Like, nobody cares. Sorry. Like, nobody cares. Like, that's great. You were really cool in college. Or you were the best at the last thing you did. But this is a new thing. So to anybody young or going to a new job, just be a sponge. Learn the culture of where you're at. Mm -hmm. Understand what's going on. Understand the language. Get to know how they do things. Because you may think you have a better way of doing it. And they may have already done it that way. And this is now beyond what you know. Right. Then about six, seven months in... You can start to talk a little bit. So that's job. But even still as a young person, just be a sponge. Yeah. Listen to people. Understand the family, especially newly married, like young guys. Like when I was newly married, I just wanted to be like, this is who I am. And and I think I could have shut up a little more. And listen to And the listen just like, people, okay, yeah. my in-laws, this is how they are. Mm-hmm. And this is how my parents are as adults. Like I, I've known them more as a child. And now, okay. The second one is um, cross-pollinate. It's really big. So when I say cross-pollinate, don't just get to know the people in your little corner. Mm. Um, be Get out there and get yeah. to know different people of different ages. Yeah. Talk to the older people in church or at work. Get to know them. They're wise. They know things, unless they're an idiot. <laughs> Sometimes they are. Yeah. But but literally, like get to know people. Like mm. cross-pollinating and, and under having this wide group, uh, a network of people. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. And the reason I love it so much, <laughs> I can never talk about this stupid movie, is, the, is that um, at the very end, sorry, spoiler alert, you should have seen it already. Um, <laughs> and if you hate it, then turn it off and don't and unsubscribe. Um, <laughs> but uh, this movie is so powerful because there's this man, George Bailey, who thinks he's he's done nothing. He feels like a failure. He's never left his hometown. And I felt like that a lot 
over the years because I just was in the same place, just constantly always. Yeah, this is where I am. This is who I am. Oh, yeah, Jeff's still here. And so that movie really connected with me. And at the very end of the movie, he is in desperate need. And the entire community shows up at his front door and gives money. They basically do the first GoFundMe ever. And <laughs> they they help him pay off this bill that accidentally didn't get paid by no, no nothing bad on his own. It was just a lost check or something, lost money. And um, it's just so powerful because George Bailey had spent all those years thinking he was just doing nothing, accomplishing nothing, but he had helped so many people and his network was so big. And and that's because he cross-pollinated. Mm-hmm. He, he did exactly that. He was... He was in the community. He was he wasn't anything special, but he was very special. So anyway, those are the no, things. No, I, I think would that's say I think that's awesome. That's a really great way to to end it because I think, you know, so often we get stuck with our own community and we don't reach out, and because people are different than us or they don't, yeah. you know. And I that's something that I've worked very hard on recently, um, just to just be friends with. Yeah. different people. And it's a good thing. And, and Jason, and I have a ton of different friend groups. And so mm-hmm. we've always been that way. But I mean, as far as like, even, um, and I've said this a million times, but on social media, I've met so many amazing people on mm-hmm. social media over mm-hmm. this last year and a half. Um, people that we've had on our podcast that I don't even hardly know, um, but they're willing to come on and share their stories. And I just think that that's, that's a great, yeah. that was a great And then they end, end up being the Sister of someone who cuts my hair. Right. Exactly. Oh, yes. That's true. Corey Clark, shout out. And I work with their cousin. Yeah. Shout out, Corey Clark. Um, (laughs) Anyway, well, thank you so much, Jeff, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And 24 Carat Tribe, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast with your friends and family. And you can check us out on 24 Carat Conversations podcast on Instagram. And we do have a Facebook group, 24 Carat Conversations as well. And until next time, friends, sparkle on. Bye.